What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We are continuing to chug along on these projections. And with the Kansas City Chiefs being a recent episode, I said, you know what? Let's do the next team with the other elite tight end in question. That's Darren Waller and the Raiders. So that's who we're going to go over today. And it starts, as always, with the personnel changes. They lost Devonta Booker. They added Kenyon Drake, so that's definitely an upgrade right there in their secondary running back position. They lost Nelson Aguilar, their leading wide receiver last year. Nobody saw that one coming. And then they added John Brown. They lost center Rodney Hudson, lost guard Gabe Jackson, lost offensive tackle Trent Brown. That's three big losses on the offensive line. But they did add right tackle Alex Leatherwood, which, by the way, he's a better run blocker than pass blocker. So it's a little bit more helpful to Jacobs than it is to Derek Carr with the ad- addition of Alex Leatherwood. They also added center Nick Martin, and they had the 25th ranked offensive line for PFF. That is very bad. Not looking good to start. Now let's look at the defense. They added defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. They added safety Trevon Merrig, which he they got him in the second round. And I was furious, furious when the Bucks passed on him at 32. Now... I've had no problem with Jason Light's drafting, so I trust in the Joe Tryon pick. I just really thought Trevon Merrick next to Antoine Winfield could be one of the best safety duos in the entire NFL, and he could start for us after a couple weeks and help us win back-to-back Super Bowls, but whatever. It's all good. I'm not salty. So Trevon Merrick went in the second to the Raiders. I thought that was a good pick, which I usually don't really think their picks are all that great. So that was a nice move there. They have the 26th ranked pass rush, 16th ranked linebacking court, and 29th ranked secondary, all according to PFF. That is not looking good for their defense at all. It's a pretty bad team. Bad offensive line, bad defense. Yeah, they've got a great tight end. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a good running back. Their wide receivers are, I don't even know if I would say league average, maybe a little bit less. But... They could definitely develop to be better than that. But overall, the team as a whole is struggling. Very, very much struggling. Derek Carr, he's always been disrespected. Always. But he's so much better. Or he is so much better than people give him credit for. It goes right along with the fact that he's disrespected, right? So for fantasy purposes, am I that interested in Derek Carr? We'll talk about it in a second. But in terms of just being a NFL quarterback... I'm completely fine with Derek Carr. I think he's no worse than NFL average at this point right now. He is probably going to have a rough year because of the offensive line. So we'll talk about Derek Carr in a second. Let's just go through the trends, the history real quick. Last year, they were 55% pass rate. The year before that in 2019, about 55% pass rate. So that's probably going to stay around the same, especially with Kenyon Drake being added and year two for the wide receivers improving. So they're getting a improvement in running back. 
the second one, and their wide receivers. So there's not going to be any change of strength. You know, the balance between the pass game and the run game is still pretty much the same. So even if you think Ruggs and Edwards develop, which I think one of them definitely will this year, you'll have to tune in and find out which, then um, then you got to keep it the same. So that's what I'm doing. I'm keeping the split 55-45. I am actually going to reduce the total plays because with such a decrease in offensive line, it's probably going to be a little bit harder to stay on the field despite some of the weapons around improving. Offensive line is super important. It cannot be understated how important the offensive line is for a good team and for a team to be consistent on offense. So because the offense is so bad, I'm going to knock down the total plays a little bit. They're probably going to see more three and outs. I'm projecting 1,045 plays. That's 1.5 less game, uh, less plays per game than last year. So it's 575 passes for Carr, 470 runs. And Derek Carr, we got to talk about his rushing real quick. It's not anything crazy, pretty minimal. 30 runs I have him projected for, for 90 yards and two rushing touchdowns. He's been pretty savvy in the touchdown department on the ground. So got to make sure you count those in there in your mind. Now let's go to the passes. He's probably going to see a reduction in his efficiency because he's losing his lead wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, and he has a worse offensive line. It's pretty simple. I don't want to overthink that one too much. With minor ticks, just very minor ticks off of his efficiency, I project 66% completion rate for 11 and a half yards per completion and a 4.8 touchdown rate. That's slightly above NFL average, and that's giving him ticks down. So it shows you that Carr, despite not really having anything crazy outside of Darren Waller, yeah, he had a pretty decent offensive line outside of injuries last year, but he's been a pretty good quarterback. And everyone was hating on him with the deep ball, but look at what Nelson Aguilar did. Did Nelson Aguilar really unlock the deep ball, or did Derek Carr just need somebody, somebody competent that can run a nine route and can be a good deep threat so you know which came first was it nelson aguilar helping Carr unleash or was it Carr unleashing aguilar because <laughs> i mean aguilar this is the best season he's ever had so just keep that in mind i think that was all overhyped and i i that's actually something i used to talk about was Derek Carr. his deep ball is not really that bad and people are overreacting to that fact that he refuses to throw the deep ball and all that stuff. He did what he could within the confines of the offense in the past, right? The biggest thing against Derek Carr for me, because I just told you that that efficiency is slightly above league average. So the biggest thing working against him in fantasy is the lack of pass volume, the lack of pass volume, because 575 passes for somebody that does not have the rushing upside as a quarterback is really minimal it really is especially because you got to remember this is a 17 game season now so in a 16 game season this is like a 540 pass attempt season which is below probably the nfl quarterback average of the 16 game so i've gotten so much in the mind of like 17 games recently because that's what i've been projecting for everything so it's almost weird going back thinking about 16 games but Derek carr he just needs more pass volume. He's not going to get it. So I'm not really too interested in fantasy. But for Superflex, he's completely fine. Let's talk about Josh, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Last year, 16% of the targets went to the running back position. I think this will go up a little bit. I'm projecting 17.5%. Why? Because they lost their leading wide receiver. And they added a better secondary running back behind Jacobs in Kenyon Drake. So it makes sense that they start throwing that direction a little bit more. Kenyon Drake's a decent receiving running back. Josh Jacobs is a good receiving running back as well. 
I'm giving Josh Jacobs just over half of those running back targets, like eight, eight and a half percent. So, and that's what he was at last year. So I'm expecting pretty much the same. I'm giving seven and a half percent to Drake. Give the rest to the backups out of the 17 and a half percent. After Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr's carries, because I do have some for Ruggs, after their carries get removed, there's 425 carries to go around to the running back position. Last year, Josh Jacobs dominated the carry share for the running backs with 75%. And he actually had 75% of the rushing touchdowns among running backs as well. That's probably going to go down. Kenyon Drake, he takes more than Devontae Booker did. It's not really a conversation. Kenyon Drake is much better than Devonta Booker. So I see more of a 63% workload going to Jacobs' favor in the running back carries down from 75 last year. I have a 63-37 split between Jacobs and Drake. And I have Drake at 30% of that 37 that Josh Jacobs is not getting. So that's the carry split that I have for those guys. 63% Josh Jacobs, 30% Kenyon Drake, and 7% to whoever their RB3 is. 267 carries is the total for Josh Jacobs. That's great. But what's not great is his efficiency because, hello, offensive line problems. And last year, Josh Jacobs was a little bit banged up, and the offensive line was experiencing injuries, and he was down below 4 yards per carry, 3.9. That's horrible. But, like I said, Josh Jacobs was playing banged up. So, despite the offensive line getting a little bit worse, Josh Jacobs getting healthier should actually bring that yards per carry up a little bit, because he was at like 4.8 his rookie year. So... By no means do I think he's going to be below four. And I'm not going to just take his 3.9 and say, hey, worst offensive line and forget about the injury context and drop it down to like 3.7. So we got to consider and remember he was banged up with him being healthy and projecting 4.3. So still a significant dip from his rookie season average, right? But that's justified because the situation being worse. He probably sees more touchdowns as well. Because of Kenyon Drake, I'm spotting him 65%. Remember, he had 75% of the rushing touchdowns last year. With 65% this year, that would give him nine rushing touchdowns. So, to be honest, I'm not really drafting Josh Jacobs. I'm just not. I love the dude. I love the talent. And he's actually a decent value in dynasty drafts. Because, for good reason, everybody's worried about him this year. And people always weigh the current year more than they do the future, it seems like, in Dynasty. Now, I'm not saying the overall future, but I would say, personally, most people seem to weigh the current year as twice as much as any individual year after. So, if Josh Jacobs is not going to be great this year, but he's going to be good the next two years, they're not really looking forward to Josh Jacobs because they're weighing this one year as much as the next two. Now, if you go next three years down the road, maybe they'll weigh that a little bit more. But as of right now, people are forgetting Josh Jacobs is super young, came into the league young, super talented, and he's already got two years off of that possibly, possibly five-year contract in Las Vegas. So he might only have two more years there, maybe three. Hopefully the situation there gets better. If it doesn't, I would expect him to be on a new team in a couple years, and he's still going to be young enough to be one of those second contract relevant running backs in fantasy football especially because he is a good receiver and hopefully he would get a better receiving role wherever he went after so he's a decent buy in dynasty but this year with drake taking more than we would like and the raiders also having a horrible schedule for running backs 
I'm not really interested in Josh Jacobs. Now, let's talk about Kenyon Drake. Decent backup, right? Because he's got some upside if Jacobs was to go down. But still, we're dealing with all the same problems. And Drake has actually spoken of how he might line up at wide receiver in some packages. For that reason, I think he takes a decent amount of receiving. We already talked about it. 7.5% of the running back targets, or of the total team targets. Just under 50% of the running back targets. He will be the 1B in the receiving game to Jacobs 1A. They're pretty close, though. He's a decent handcuff, like I said, with decent upside. So keep that in mind if you're one of those zero RB drafters or if you have Jacobs. If you can get Drake late enough, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to handcuff him. Now, finally, we get to get, and it's not Darren Waller because I really wanted to know where I had Darren Waller, exactly how close to Kelsey he is, which we'll hit on. But something that I found super intriguing was this wide receiver core. Very scary looking at it and saying, oh boy, I got to project this, but also very excited to do so and really like the process. So let's get into the guy that I think that was a rookie last year that I think is a sleeper this year. And it is the first round pick Henry Ruggs from Alabama. So a lot of you guys look at Henry Ruggs and you say, ah, not good enough. Rookie year, he earned less than 50 targets. Ah, not good enough. Well, first off, Devontae Adams' rookie year, and remember, Henry Ruggs missed three games, and Devontae Adams didn't. Devontae Adams' rookie year, just over 60 targets. Henry Ruggs was just over 40. Not a big difference. Not a big difference. Tyler Lockett, just over 60 targets. Henry Ruggs, just over 40 targets, not a big difference, and he played three games less than these other guys, and look at what they have been doing for fantasy since then. Don't overreact to a rookie year, especially with the Raiders. The Raiders, I do not trust John Gruden. I really don't. I think Mike Mayock is probably actually a pretty decent GM, but you know what? We can't figure that out because John Gruden is the one who's in charge of that team, not Mike Mayock. And I really believe that John Gruden is the one making the draft decisions. Mayock gives his input, but ultimately John Gruden says yay or nay on the picks. And I don't really think he's a great drafter. So, and, and you might be saying, well, it sounds like you think he's not a good drafter, so you think Henry Ruggs was a bad pick. I think taking Henry Ruggs over CeeDee Lamb and over Jerry Judy was a bad pick. Now, you could argue, okay, taking him over Justin Jefferson with hindsight was a bad pick as well. But with the prospect profiles we had, that wouldn't be really a bad pick in my opinion. I had Henry Ruggs ranked as my third wide receiver in that draft. I stand by that. Now, maybe after this year, after I see some more Ruggs stuff, then I'll say, okay, yeah, definitely 100% Jefferson is better. Now, I'm absolutely taking Jefferson as one of the top wide receivers. He's my dynasty wide receiver three, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But Henry Ruggs has so much talent so much talent. He's got the speed. He's got the quickness. He's got the toughness. All he needs is to refine those routes a little bit more. If Henry Ruggs becomes a refined route runner, oh, you better watch out. You really better watch out. And according to Mike Mayock and the reports, and especially Derek Carr, he's on his way. He is on his way. Mike Mayock challenged him to improve his route running. Carr said, He has been tremendous, very impressive, and has been doing just that. Like I said, he's got the athleticism. He's got the explosion, the quickness, the change of direction, 
all of those things needed to be an elite route runner. You can be super fine-tuned as a route runner, but you're not elite if you don't have the physical traits to go with it. Henry Ruggs has the intangible part, the physical traits. He just needs the learning curve. So if he really is getting that, and Nelson Aguilar is now gone, and Henry Ruggs actually was out-targeting Nelson Aguilar in the deep parts of the field until he got injured, then Aguilar took over and then stayed and held that spot. Well, with him gone, Ruggs could take that right back. He was used incorrectly as well. So, yes, he was targeted well in the deep parts of the field, but Henry Ruggs is so much more than that. He should be getting screens. He should be getting slants. Speaking of slants, he only had two targets last year on slant routes. Guess what? In college, he took three out of four slant routes to the house, averaging 31.8 yards after the catch. The dude is explosive. You give him the smallest light of day, and he's hitting the end zone. I honestly believe Henry Ruggs, if he was used properly, could have had a rookie year like Tyreek Hills, which was good, but we didn't think, oh, this guy's going to become a wide receiver one for fantasy. And then he did. If Henry Ruggs, similar size, similar stature, similar speed, if he's able to get that route running down and earn the trust of Derek Carr fully, which Derek Carr seems to be raving about him right now, he could be so much better than he's being drafted at. He's being drafted near his floor. He really is. Because, yeah, he didn't have great targets last year, but guess what? He was pretty darn good with those targets. He had some ugly drops, but you know who had more ugly drops? Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf. Mike Evans once upon a time. Amari Cooper once upon a time. So if you're going to weigh that, you got to make it even across the board. And I don't think you're hating on any of those other people. So Henry Ruggs, guys, he's a good he's a good sleeper. So let's talk about the actual projections after me hyping him up. All right. So Nelson Aguilar got 17% of the targets after week three once Ruggs, Ruggs got hurt. That's the type of share I think Ruggs could get, but I'm not projecting it because 17%, assuming he just completely takes that Aguilar role, might be a little bit too optimistic. I really think it could happen. I would not not be surprised at all, but I'm going to project 15%, be a little bit on the safe side. If he does truly refine those routes, his catch rate is going to go up. His yards per reception will go down because hopefully he's being used all over the field, but his yards per reception or his catch rate will go up. He also gets almost a carry per game. So in terms of the rushing game, I have him projected for 15 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. He got used a little bit at minimum last year in the rushing game. He's honestly such a great sleeper, guys, and he's he's nothing. He costs you nothing. We have the potential for a 2018 Tyler Lockett-esque season, and that's a season in which you're very efficient with low targets. He is quite the talent. He really is. So keep rugs in the back of your mind. And if he does go off, remember your boy Brandon Gabor at Deep Dive Fantasy Football told you so. All right? He's one of my sleepers this year. Brian Edwards. Let's talk about him. I was perusing through Raiders articles, right? When there's a team with so many question marks like the Raiders, I like to get as much information as possible. I go on all the Raiders sites. I look at, you know, like their beat reporter articles, all that stuff. I try and find things that look like they could be relevant, give me some good information to help me project. And I work off of that as well. I include that into my research. Well, I looked at about 20 articles. You know how many mentioned Brian Edwards or talked about Brian Edwards, someone who was a super hyped rookie last year? 
and should be looking for an improvement and is in a wide receiver room with, you know, targets to grab, up for grabs, I should say. You know how many articles I saw out of 20 about Brian Edwards? Not even one. Not even one. You know how many I saw about rugs? Six. Six out of 20 were about rugs and none were about Edwards. I think it's pretty clear which rookie wide receiver is set for a big boom. And we already talked about him. Now let's talk about Brian Edwards. He is more highly regarded outside of Raider Nation than he is within, which is super rare because usually the Raiders are taking guys way higher than their consensus draft ranking in the draft. Usually they're raving way more about the guys they're drafting than everyone outside of their building. And this is like the one person I can think of that seems to be the opposite. Everyone loves Brian Edwards, but the Raiders are not really raving about him nearly as much as everybody else. So that's kind of concerning, but I wouldn't take it too far and read into something that's not there and say it's a big problem. He could be a good red zone threat. He only started three games last year. He likely takes over the number three spot after Renfro and Ruggs, and I'm projecting him a 13% target share. Now, I do think in year three, he will be better than this year. I think he's somebody that's going to take a little bit more time if he truly does end up being somebody that's very good for fantasy and for the Raiders in general. Now let's talk about Hunter Renfro. He's probably the safest wide receiver, but the one that offers the least upside. He should have the same role, same volume basically as last year. He had a 14% target share, projecting the same. Also, keep this in mind, the wide receivers for the Raiders have horrible schedules. And you might be saying, well, you just said Ruggs is one of your favorite sleepers. Well, think about the type of receiver that Ruggs is. Ruggs is the type of person that just needs one chance, one shot, one opportunity. This is everything you ever wanted. That's all Ruggs needs, baby. Eminem right there, if you didn't catch it. Uh, I don't know I don't know what you did with your childhood if you didn't catch that. But Henry Ruggs only needs one shot. And with somebody with his speed and ability to get behind a defense, it don't matter how good the defense is. All it takes is one. So Ruggs, I'm still supremely confident in. But as a sleeper, I'm not saying he's going to be like locked in top 24 receiver at all. I don't have him ranked there. It's just about the potential. And I do think he's going to be much better than people think. But... Renfro, he's your safe, boring, like if you're in a super deep league, you could pick him up and he'll give you like a safe seven points a game with like three receptions for 40 yards or four receptions for 30 yards maybe, but not really too interested in Hunter Renfro. So that brings us to the last person, Darren Waller. Last year he had a 26% target share. I'm expecting the exact same. Even if Ruggs and Edwards show up completely, and just develop into these beautiful receivers for the Raiders, it's not going to hurt Waller because there's already a gap in target share from Nelson Aguilar leaving. And Waller is simply elite. And I don't like throwing around the word elite. I said it one time when I was talking about Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and amended it immediately. I pulled it back. I contracted it because that's not a word I like to throw around. And those guys are very good, but they're not elite. Darren Waller is elite, baby. He is the best of the best pretty much. His target share, it's going to be the highest in the league for a tight end. It was higher than Travis Kelsey's last year. The only thing holding him back from beating Kelsey, it's actually two things, is one, the Chiefs pass way more. So even though Kelsey's target share is a tick lower, there's more passes to go around. So that target share leads to more targets. And Kelsey has better touchdown opportunities because the Chiefs offense scores way more touchdowns, obviously. So that's really the biggest difference between him and Waller. That's pretty much the only two differences 
Otherwise, if you swapped Waller and Kelsey, Waller would be the tight end one. Trust me. And it is good to note that Darren Waller actually has a super easy schedule. One of the best tight end schedules in general. So that's also awesome. And with that said, let's get into the actual projections. Derek Carr, I have, like we said, 575 passes, 380 completions, 4,364 yards, 28 touchdowns, 90 rushing yards, and 2 rushing touchdowns. Henry Ruggs, by the way, that puts Carr at 18 points per game, right between Kirk Cousins and Zach Wilson. Henry Ruggs, I have at 86 targets, 54 receptions. By the way, when I said that 2018-esque Tyler Lockett season, that was off 70 targets, and he was a top 24 wide receiver, so just keep that in mind. Henry Ruggs, 86 targets, 54 receptions, 848 yards, 7 touchdowns, along with 75 rushing yards and a touchdown. So 8 touchdowns total and just under 1,000 yards total. That puts him at 11.4 points per game. He's right between Rondale Moore and Rashad Bateman for me. Now, let's look at Hunter Renfro. He's at 8.4 points per game for me. He's at 81 targets, 57 receptions, 674 yards, 3 touchdowns. He is in the range of Denzel Mims, and actually Brian Edwards is right below him at 8.1 points per game. Brian Edwards I have at 69 targets, 47 receptions, 610 yards, and 5 touchdowns. I think Ruggs leads the receiver receiver group in touchdowns. Now, is it possible Edwards does? Yes. But Ruggs is more likely to score from anywhere on the field. Edwards is really only likely to score touchdowns in the red zone, and they also have Waller and Renfro in the slot. So how much are you going to bank on those red zone targets? Hopefully not too much. Darren Waller, I have at 150 targets, 111 receptions, 1,272 yards, and 9 touchdowns. That puts him at 17.2 points per game. That's under Kelsey, obviously, because Kelsey was at 19.5 points per game, but that's a much smaller gap than I thought. And it makes Darren Waller, we talked about Kelsey being, you could argue, a top three pick in redraft. Darren Waller, he's absolutely worth a high second or late first in redraft leagues yeah i mean honestly if you really want that that tight end darren waller's a tiny bit younger than kelsey so he's got a tiny bit left in the tank so he's probably worth like a late second or mid second in dynasty drafts the only thing holding him back really there is that he's a little bit on the older side because he left the league because of some you know personal struggles he was dealing with then he defeated those struggles you know got rid of those demons and came back and started demolishing people so Darren Waller he's not that far off from Kelsey he's really not and his discount in drafts sometimes people are taking Kittle over him that's ridiculous so I'll take Darren Waller every time that's pretty much the Raiders for you guys oh also let me talk about the running backs hello Brandon Josh Jacobs I have at 46 targets Kenyon Drake at 43 Josh Jacobs at 34 receptions Kenyon Drake at 32 Josh Jacobs at 255 receiving yards. Kenyon Drake at 197. One touchdown going to Josh Jacobs in the receiving game. Now, obviously, the most important thing is the carries. Josh Jacobs, 267 carries to Drake's 127. Josh Jacobs at 1,148 yards and nine touchdowns. Kenyon Drake at 521 and five touchdowns. So overall, 10 touchdowns for Josh Jacobs. He had 12 last year. Kenyon Drake with five total touchdowns. That puts Jacobs at 13.8 per 13.8 points per game. That's pretty underwhelming. He's right between Miles Sanders and Mike Davis. Not great. He's at RB like 17 right now, and we still got teams to project. So he'll probably be like RB 20. Not good at all. Kenyon Drake, 
he's right above Leonard Fournette as one of those you know secondary running backs that has some good upside if another running back in the room goes down 7.9 points per game now we're finished with the projections thank you guys for tuning in listening to deep dive fantasy football thank you guys for leaving the reviews and everything that you guys have been doing lately appreciate the support can't wait to finish these projections and then be able to you know have the fruit of my labor and be able to say hey this is the rankings now and here's some consistency and here's some schedule stuff and here's some sleepers and busts and hot takes i can't wait to get into all that stuff but we still got to finish out these teams thank you guys for tuning in let me know if you have any questions hit me up on twitter at deep dive ff on instagram deep dive fantasy football drop a rating drop a review have a good one good luck in all your endeavors i'm your host brandon peace